Hey there, Bulldogs, and welcome to this week's episode of the The Sales Career Cast. This is your host, Carla Quintanilla, and I am a marketing major at The Sales, class of 2021. I am delighted to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing current students like you about the endless possibilities beyond college. Prepare to be inspired through the incredible stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journey. We are here to help you spark your career curiosity and encourage you to begin exploring your future possibilities. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this week's guest. I am thrilled to be speaking with Brian Kelly today. Now, Brian Kelly was part of the class of 1999, graduating with a sports management bachelor's. After graduation, Brian took on a year-long internship at College Misericordia, where he assisted in all facets of the athletic department. After that, Brian spent the next 13 and a half years at North Carolina State University in the athletic ticket office, where he rised up to be an associate athletic director until 2014. In 2014 is when he transitioned to his current role at Georgia State University as the Senior Associate Athletic Director of External Affairs. Hi, Brian. Welcome to our podcast today. How are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate the opportunity to be on it. Yes, thank you so much for being here. This podcast or this episode today will be specifically um, interesting for those sport management majors. So if you're a sport management major listening today, please tune in and listen to Brian Kelly's career journey. So Brian, um, my first question to you, you were class of 1999. And so I just want to know what, what was your experience at the sales? Any, any sort of memories or highlights from your sales career that you can tell us about? Oh yeah. Um, I've got, um, uh, I grew up on the campus. Um, my, my father worked at the sales for, um, man, over 30 years. I think my mom had over 20 years. So, uh, from the womb to, uh, where I am now, I, I was always, uh, the sales has always been a part of our family. Uh, uh, but as far as specifically for, uh, from, from when I was there, uh, there's a lot of great memories, uh, uh, you know, from living in the dorms to, uh, uh, you know, the heights to the entire transition, um, you know, and then playing lacrosse and uh, a couple of years of basketball, um, made some great memories there. Great friends. Um, I met my wife there, uh, we'll be married, um, 16 years, um, tomorrow, um, July 10th. I didn't forget Laura. Um, <laughs> so, uh, definitely a lot of great memories. Definitely a lot of great memories. So, so you mentioned, you know, um, because of your dad and, and, um, his, um, his journey there. So that's how you got into, um, you know, associated with the sales in the school was the sales, um, always your, your top option, or can you, um, talk a little bit about where did you grow up and like maybe what town if you were from Pennsylvania, because you're in Georgia now. So talk to me a little bit about where you grew up and, and then what made you then decide on the sales? I grew up in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So not far from center Valley at all, maybe 25 minute drive. Um, and my entire, um, upbringing and schooling was, uh, Catholic schools. So, um, I think what was, 
in my mind as, as I was going through uh, high school was what were my options to continue this uh, on a Catholic campus? And uh, uh, obviously with the ties to um, uh, then Allentown College, uh, uh, the sales uh, was, was an easy, uh, easy option for me. So to say it was number one, I would say, yeah. Awesome. So you graduated, right? And, and then you decided to pursue another internship at a different college, Misericordia. Can you talk to me um, a little bit about what made you commit to the, to the internship? What was sort of, um, what intrigued you to do that? Yeah. So um, there was one step just before uh, I worked uh, that job at Misericordia, I, I uh, pursued a graduate degree uh, at Robert Morris out in Pittsburgh. And my advisor at the time at uh, DeSales had said, hey, you know, I, I, a typical senior, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work in college athletics. I didn't know how to get there. Uh, she had encouraged me. She's like, hey, if, if you don't know what you want to do and you can't afford it, um, you know, try to get yourself a graduate assistantship. Um, and she had a couple of friends um, that work at Temple and a couple that uh, worked at Robert Morris. And I ended up getting in to the graduate program at Robert Morris with, with the uh, graduate assistantship. Um, and the biggest thing she said, she said, listen, in order for you to graduate from uh, any graduate program, they're going to force you to get a year long internship, paid year long internship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went out and did a year and a half out in uh, Pittsburgh. And sure enough, she was, she was right. In order for me to, graduate i had to do a, a, a year-long internship and that's how i ended up at misericordia um uh, up in dallas pennsylvania uh, which was interesting considering they were kind of our rivals before we joined the uh, mac conference uh so it was, it was interesting to see some of the some of the folks that i'd known from uh from my days at, at uh, allentown so, so can you, can you tell me then what was some of the things that you learned at Misericordia that maybe, um, helped you one, get in this, your, um, your foot in, in the door and in the industry too, to, you know, you could have easily, um, gone to the internship and maybe decided to do something else. So what, what did you learn at yeah. assist, graduate assistantship that helped you then, um, then maybe land the job at, um, North Carolina? Uh, well, I think the first thing that I learned was, um, uh, is it's really important who, who, you know, and, and to keep them involved and, uh, informed. So I had, when I was at, um, the sales, I was a recreation supervisor and the, my boss that was a recreation supervisor, uh, ended up having a connection to the person that hired me at Misericordia. So when I, when I finished, um, or when I was trying to figure out when I was going to do an internship or where I was going to do a year long internship, you know, I had applied all over the place, but I, one of the people I kind of left off my reference list was a pretty valuable reference for me. And they ended up, you know, as you, as you, as you find out, as you progress, you know, obviously the people you're going to list as references are going to talk great about you, but there's a ton of people that will find the off, off, uh, off resume references. And, and Robin Hawthorne was one of them. And, uh, she ended up calling me. I remember her calling me and she's like, Hey, you didn't tell me you were applying for an internship at Misericordia. I used to work with Doc Mole back in the day. I know him really well. It would have been, uh, so, it, you know, he ended up calling her as a, as a separate reference check and it, it worked out obviously cause, cause Robin and I had, had a great relationship and, uh, but it, it was, it's interesting 
even that early on how you have to keep people informed about what you're doing and you don't often think of it, you know, and the more people you tell, especially in, in the, in the sports world, uh, you'd be, you'd be surprised how connected it is. Um, so with that being said, the, the first thing I would say is, you know, Hey, let people that you know and trust know what you're applying for. So, so that they can help you. Um, but what I took from, from, uh, from that internship specifically, uh, was it, you know, it wasn't glamorous, but I thought it was great. You know, I, they gave me a place to live. They gave me a, a meal stipend, uh, you know, a tiny, uh, pay stipend. Um, but they, you know, I was an evening and weekend facility manager, you know, I was going around, uh, you know, uh, changing soccer tapes, you know, with coaches that were playing other coaches, uh, playing other teams. He did every, every little thing, um, that an intern would do. Um, but the beauty of the division three experience is you get to do it all. Um, as you progress up into division one, it becomes much more, uh, specific, uh, but I, I did everything there. You know, I, I ran the intramurals. I um, set up for field hockey games, soccer games, basketball games, baseball. It didn't matter. Um, it was just a great all-around experience. And uh, uh, and the, the staff up there is great. There's there's still friends to this day that I, that I keep up with that I worked with. Uh, you know, over 20 years ago. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and like you said, I just want to repeat it again. Connections and relationships can be everything to, to get your next opportunity. You never know who is connected to who. And sometimes that's what makes you stand out from the, co from the competition, right? From other candidates that want the same role or same internship. But then you have that person who gives you a shout out and, and makes you stand out. So it's very important. And I'm glad you mentioned that for us students to remember that, that no matter if you are at the sure. sales, don't want to stay at the sales, somebody from the staff might know somebody uh, from the place you want to be at eventually. So thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Story. Um, so then after, after Misericordia, that's when you, what was the transition like? Cause then you went to North Carolina state university shortly after, correct? Uh, yeah. So I could have the, the, the internship, uh, at Misericordia, um, it could have been an additional year. Um, and, um, not that I didn't love, um, working there, but I was thinking to myself, um, you know, if I'm going to get paid an intern salary, uh, it might be a little bit more beneficial for me to get another experience than it would be to stay and do the same thing over again. Um, so again, a, a connection, um, you know, from my, from my days at the sales, you know, I reached out to, uh, a professor, um, Dr. Matthew Robinson. And I just said, Hey, you know, I've got this opportunity here. It, it's great. But, you know, again, I, I I'm not going to get paid a tremendous amount. I think it would be better for me to, to move on and get a different experience. Um, and so he, he actually put me in touch with uh, a guy named Brad Darmafall that graduated three years ahead of me at the sales. We didn't, we knew of one another, but didn't really know one another. And he was hiring uh, interns, uh, in the athletic ticket office at NC state. Um, so he kind of connected us. I applied for the job, had the interview, but knowing that, that Dr. Robinson reached out on my behalf, like you said, it just, it, 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 it kind of puts you in another, uh, sets you apart. And as long as you don't fumble the interview, um, you know, both, uh, Brad and I think highly of Dr. Robinson, um, you know, it was, it was a lot, very comforting for him. Uh, to, to have that backing of, of one of our, our mutual professor. So, so you spent 13 years at NC State. Can you tell us a little bit about some highlights 
from your jobs there that you had. I believe you had multiple. You were able to um, to rise up the ladder and and have multiple um, positions. So, tell me, what was some of the things that you remember that you cherish? Things that help you, um, um, you know, grow in your career, um, and maybe any relationships that you had there um, in terms of students you helped or maybe passions you developed for the university? Yeah. Um, so definitely, um, you know, kind of, kind of the same, uh, you know, I, I had no idea I was going to be there 13 years. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'll start out there. I just went down there, uh, and thought I'd work there for a year. And then, you know, I was still kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and there was talks of a, of a job potentially opening there, but you know, they said, don't put a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, don't do, uh, basically leave your options open in, in case the position doesn't come to fruition. Uh, but it ended up, uh, working out and, and I got hired as an assistant ticket manager. And like you said, um, uh, through the, through the years, just, um, you know, that was the big break that I was waiting for, um, you know, a full-time job with benefits and then, um, you know, just taking care of your job and, and moving up the ranks. So as you mentioned before, um, I left there as an associate uh, athletics director of, of tickets, uh, both intern internally and externally. Um, and uh, there's an incredible amount of memories. I mean, the, just from just the big time, I think I underestimated how big the ACC was, the Atlantic Coast Conference and, and the conference that they play in and the national uh, attention, you know, uh, football games, you know, we have, you know, Florida State and Clemson, coming in every other year and, and, uh, basketball, obviously you're in the triangle. So you have Duke and Carolina, uh, and Wake Forest is down there as well. Just, just being around massive sports like that, it's been great. But a couple of memories that stick out, our baseball team went to college world series one year. That was extremely exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, I oversaw tennis, um, uh, as a sport administrator and, um, they they went to the elite eight one year. I mean, there's just so many uh, memories and uh, I've been gone there now uh, uh, almost five years, I guess, probably closer to six. And there's still quite a few people that I keep up with there. Um, definitely have uh, it, within the um, athletic marketing and, and development side, still have a tremendous amount of contacts and even some of the head coaches that are still around there. Um, one thing that you, you come to find out is the, the uh, lifespan of a coach <laughs> division one yeah. sometimes isn't as long as those division three. So there's not a lot of Scott Coble's running around or Fred Richter's running around uh, uh, <laughs> NC state's campus, you know, guys that have been there a long time. Yeah. Uh, there's a handful, obviously coach Richter and, and coach Coble are, are very good at what they do. Um, but that's not the norm in the division one world. Got it. Got it. So, so then now, now that you mentioned that and, and, my question that just pops out to me is, um, what was what was the I guess transition like between positions that um, were you that you were able to then um, you know I guess get promoted? Was it mostly internal hiring? Um, was there any more interviews that you had to go through? Um, did you ever have to interview somebody? Um, A lot of it is um, timing and hard work. Okay. So if you can, if you can focus on your job and, and do it to the best of your abilities, um, typically 
uh, managers can see that and they want you around and they figure out ways to keep you around. But the majority of my promotions came from either other folks leaving uh, and that spot being vacant or um, other folks getting promoted and opening up a spot. And uh, you, you come to find out pretty quickly um, as, as you, as you transition upward um, when, when positions open up, uh, above you, um, you, you find out pretty quickly if you have a shot at it or not. <laughs> and I was fortunate enough, um, to have opportunities. Uh, probably my biggest jump in promotions was, um, maybe back in 2005 or 2006. Uh, I can't remember the specific year, but, um, the, the athletic director that I work for now, uh, at Georgia state, he, he left, um, NC state and became the athletic director at app state and, um, attempted to take me with him, um, and had a great position for me there. Uh, but my wife and I had just gotten married and she just left a small town in, in Pennsylvania, uh, in Stroudsburg. And we weren't about to move to another small mountain town in, in Boone, North Carolina. So that gave the athletic director that I worked for, he started to open up his eyes. Oh, why is, why does this guy want to take, you know, a director of ticket operations with them and, and create a, you know, a senior level position. Um, and then, and then the same thing happened a couple of years later. Um, I had an opportunity to, to, uh, go work at the university of Tennessee and I, I ended up turning it down. Um, because NC state gave me the opportunity to grow a little bit more than just being in the ticket office and, and overseeing sports. Uh, so a lot of it, it's, it's timing and hard work and patience, you know, so, so that's, that's probably the hardest thing I could, I could explain to, um, you know, graduates that are coming out now or, or, uh, underclassmen. It's, it's just, it's one of the hardest things that you have to do is just be patient and just trust that it's going to work out and just don't, don't look at what other people are doing. Don't, you know, right. just focus on you and, and your road. And, and, um, that's probably the hardest thing because you get, um, there's a lot of, it's probably the same across all industries. I only have knowledge of the sports industry, but people jump from job to job. And, um, you know, some of it is, is for, um, more money. Some of it's for a different opportunity. Um, but the grass, I can tell you the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So you got to really think about, you know, job hopping. Cause when you're in my my role now that now that you're hiring people uh, coming in, you, you look at the resume and, and if, if you see somebody that's jumping around every year, or every other year, you're thinking, you know, what's going on here? Uh, because the more and more people change out of, out of positions, you know, the less stable it gets. And, um, you know, you're having to reestablish relationships. Yeah, that's a very important thing to mention um, because we don't think about those things either. When we constantly start jumping from job to job to trying to find the right one for us, uh, we don't necessarily stick it out and be patient in a certain job and see um, where that might lead us. And and and, the, and then and then it looks it looks a little bit um, um, like like we're what's the word um, indecisive, right? <laughs> Uh, about mm -hmm. what you want to do. So yeah, I, I, that's one thing that sticks with me because I'm very much like that right now when I'm young and I'm like, I kind of want to do everything, but it is very important to be patient. Um, 
So thank you for sharing that. Um, so, so then after 13 years, right, we had all this awesome history with NC State. And then um, you took the, the leap of faith to, to transition to Georgia State. So what was that, um, what was that like? And, and um, first of all, what, what made you do it? Again, now you're moving again and, um, and, and getting a fresh start. So what did that feel like to you? What was your motive for doing that? And how have you then adapted into this, um, this new um, university? Sure. Uh, so it's, it, you know, it's crazy how you, how you uh, get to where, you, where you're at, you know, so um, I, I still remained really uh, good friends with Charlie Cobb, the uh, athletic director at, um, that I work for now that was at Appalachian state. And so every summer, um, I'd make my way to Boone, North Carolina for some reason or other. And, uh, the last few years, it was to go to a NASCAR race in Bristol, Tennessee, which is about 45 minutes from Boone. And, uh, I would just pop in there, shoot him a text and say, Hey, Charlie, I'm, I'm in town these days. You want to grab a beer? And, um, uh, in 2014, you know, I sent him the normal text in the beginning of August. Hey man, I'm gonna be up here these days. You want to get together? He's like, yeah, just text me when you're in town. So man, maybe three or four days before I was supposed to meet him, I, you know, news, I got news that he was named athletic director at Georgia state. <laughs> so I like half kiddingly texted him. I was like, I guess that beer's off this weekend. Uh, I'll see you when we're down in Atlanta playing Georgia tech or something like that. And he's like, I might be moving or packing up. So, um, you know, just, just text me when you get into town. Uh, so, uh, my friend I work for, uh, or work with Will Crisco, who was in the ticket office. Um, he and I just kind of popped in and saw him and his wife, Lindsay, and they were honestly, they were packing up and, um, he kind of told me, uh, how excited he was and Lindsay's family's from Atlanta. So it was a really good opportunity. And, you know, as we were walking out the door, he's like, Hey, by the way, I might have a position for you. Um, you know, but, uh, I said, sure. Yeah. When everything settles down, just let me know what it is. I'd love to hear it. Uh, and if it, if it works great, if not, no big deal. Um, so I mean, shoot that I saw him on a Friday and Monday morning, he was calling me up, you know, saying, Hey, here's the position. Um, you know, is it, you know, something you'd be interested in. And it definitely was. Um, and I had just gotten promoted at, at NC state, maybe eight or nine months ago, uh, before that. And I wasn't, I was trying to position myself to not look, you know, greedy or, um, you know, not look the gift horse in the mouth, if you will. Right. <laughs> so, we talked a, a few more times and, you know, it came, he's like, Hey man, just come down, see the city, see the campus and, and we'll go from there. And, um, so my wife and both of our kids are, were born in Raleigh. So, uh, we had kind of rooted in Raleigh. So, you know, I talked it over with her and I just said, Hey, what do you think? And she's like, let's just go check it out. So we had some good friends that lived down uh, a little bit North of the city. So we stayed with them while I went out and interviewed and, and did a couple of things. And, um, you know, I, I took the offer back to NC state and what I thought was going to be a really, really difficult decision ended up not being as hard uh, a decision because they were willing to come really close to matching the salary, but they weren't interested in giving me any more responsibility. Um, but 
the move from Atlanta or from Raleigh to Atlanta, uh, on the family was, was, uh, wasn't the easiest I'd say, but, <laughs> uh, as time went on, it, it worked out good, uh, as we can finally root and, and find friends and find that next circle, um, that we found in Raleigh before we had, uh, lived there, uh, was, was really important. And, um, it's been, it's been great. Um, uh, to, to take the job that, that Charlie was, was offering me was my next step in my career. Um, it had everything that I needed. It had oversight of everything externally. So I was overseeing or am overseeing tickets, marketing, video, corporate sales, you know, communications, a couple of sports, uh, the spirit program. So all, every, every box that you want to check, um, was there. And I know, um, we, when we were talking earlier, I had made mention that, uh, uh, I had thought I known or knew a lot about college athletics. Uh, when I got to Georgia state and a year into my job, I realized I had a lot to learn, uh, <laughs> which is humbling. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, uh, after about eh, 14 or 15 months, I was able to start, uh, being proactive instead of reactive and really being able to, uh, make some good changes down here. Yeah. Can you, can you, Talk to me a little bit about that, about being proactive rather than reactive. Um, so what does that mean to you? It, it's a, it's a very um, bold statement yeah. and, and very important. Yeah. Uh, kind of when you, when you, when you come into a new position, I don't care if it's uh, entry level or, um, you know, senior level, um, you're walking into a job that you've never done before. Um, especially when it's in a completely different organization, Right. Um, so you got to rely on, on what got you there. Um, and, um, the, I, I would say I went to work with, uh, things that I thought, uh, I would get done and then I would end up not getting any of those done because of, uh, the newness of the job and the actual issues that you were dealing with were ones that you hadn't had to deal with before. I, I kind of kid with people and I would just take a fire extinguisher to work and just put out these fires and, you know, be thankful, uh, that I got through the day. And until you experience everything for at least a year, a little over a year, you're kind of back on your heels a little bit and, and you're reactive. You just can't, you can't, you can make little adjustments here and there that will have a long-term effect. But for the most part, you're just trying to catch your breath and stay above water. And then about the, you know, 13, 14, 15 month, um, uh, you, you've, you've gone through everything at least once and a little bit over once. And now you can actually, you, you have the understanding and now you can be proactive. You can, you can see what isn't going to be an issue. What is going to be an issue? You know, you've established relationships with people. Um, and you just, you learn a lot about yourself and a lot about your coworkers. And the most important thing, uh, is it, you always want to be proactive if you can. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, that that adjustment period and and uh, adapting to okay you know at this moment i'm i'm relatively new i got to see what the dynamic is so that then i can be as proactive as possible um and and but but it but it's the period of adjustment that that is essential for every single employee um going into a new environment so and sometimes we forget that you know we think we know it all right <laughs> so um oh yeah oh so yeah so now, 
may I ask you how many people around how many people do you oversee now? Can you tell me about um, maybe management that you have to deal with, um, sure. your personal management style, and and how, and like the amount of people you oversee and how the relationship goes with them? I oversee uh, like on the on the kind of the sports side, if you will. I oversee four coaches. Um, the men's uh, and women's head and assistant coaches. Um, and then um, I'm the liaison for the band uh, and the color guard. Uh, so I don't technically oversee them. They, they report to somebody else on campus, but anything that I have to do athletics wise, uh, I oversee. And then uh, the spirit program. So the, uh, the mascot has a, has a coach, uh, the dance team has a coach and, and the, uh, and the cheer team has a coach. Uh, so there's probably about, I guess that's about seven or eight um, coaches, if you will. Uh, and then as far as staffers are concerned, it's probably in the ballpark of 15 to 20, uh, mm-hmm. just depending on how many interns or graduate assistants that we have um, in each department. Um, and, uh, you know, what's crazy is um, the title of external affairs, um, you know, it's, it's, it sounds a lot of fun, <laughs> which it is. There's no doubt about it. But you end up managing people a little bit more than you would like to be selling tickets or getting people into the crowd. You know, there's conflicts that come up, you know, there's different personalities. There's uh, people that make mistakes. Um, There's, there's so many different things that you have to manage outside of your, you know, actual duties of generating revenue. And, and uh, like I said, getting attendance at all the sports that, um, you know, human conflict just, overcomes and you've got to deal with that no matter what um that that becomes the priority is 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 resolving conflict and um you know we have a we have human resources uh uh in within our department which we're we're one of the few uh on a um you know on a college campus that probably does just because of the nature of intercollegiate athletics is completely different uh than the academic world okay. uh so we have somebody in hr that's kind of implanted in our office that kind of helps us guide that guide that uh management style and hey here's here's what i'm dealing with have you ever dealt with something like this and you know are, are we handling this right obviously there's sometimes um you know it doesn't work out and you've, you've got to move in a different direction so you got to make sure that you protect the university from any sort of lawsuits or and yourself um so there's a lot of different things that come in uh to managing people and, and that's probably one of the biggest uh changes from NC state to Georgia state was the amount of staff that I oversaw. Cause it was, I probably, um, you know, I, I had maybe 10 at NC state and a lot of them were, you know, were my hire. So I knew who they were coming mm-hmm. into it. Um, so there wasn't, I didn't have to figure out who they were. I knew them or I hired them and trained them. So, um, to go from, knowing them to, okay, no, I'm your boss and you don't know anything about me. Uh, it's never, it's never easy. <laughs> yeah. And so how did you establish then that credibility and also uh, relationship coming in? What was, yeah. What was um, that? What was that like to, to, to um, begin as a manager and then establish credibility and relationships with your employees? Um, well, I the, the big, I think one of the, the, uh, um, you know, one of the last things I told Charlie before I accepted the job, you know, is I told him, 
Uh, I know exactly how his employees feel uh, because not too long before that we had an athletic director uh, change at NC state. So I was kind of a holdover uh, and was able to, you know, work my way up. Uh, but I had to reestablish myself. Uh, so I definitely knew my value. One of my values to him coming into it was I know exactly how his employees feel when um, the, uh, the change agent comes in. Uh, and how you, how you have to move people in, in the right direction. Um, so I had that in my back pocket because when you're always on the side of change, like the good change, um, you know, it's easy to come in and, and why aren't people doing this? Why aren't people, well, mm. you know, <laughs> there was an old regime here that did yeah. things completely different and you kind of got to get them moving in the right direction. But I think from, for me, it was just establishing trust and, um, establishing trust and, and faith in, in that you'll stick up for and you'll do what's right, even if it's a difficult decision. Um, and I, I found that, that that's how, uh, through the years, that's, that's how I've been able to make great relationships is being accountable uh, and trustworthy. Uh, there's something about going through a tough time with somebody else uh, together that, that builds a bond that, that is right. typically inseparable. Right. I think I think it's important to thrive in change and difficulty and adversity as a team. Um, and, and when you are the leader, you know, you have a little bit more responsibility to tell them, trust me or I'm trusting you on certain on certain aspects of of the challenge. And and I, I love I love to learn people's different uh, leadership perspectives and what you said is very much true accountability and trust is very important and what a lot of people look for nowadays more than more than anything so so I guess I'm gonna ask you a little bit on your perspective of what students um what you suggest students do you told me um that you encourage students to volunteer during the summer at the athletic office or to volunteer somewhere where they um that it's related to their major or something that where they want to explore um as a career so what do you suggest um students do and and how can how can people or students get involved at um georgia state uh university at at your athletic office? Yeah, um, probably one of the most valuable things uh, uh, or entities to, to us um, in the department is, um, you know, volunteers. And they typically, if you can get a kid as a, a freshman or a sophomore um, that just comes in and is willing to do whatever and get their hands dirty and not for, um, you know, not for, you know, an hourly wage, but just because they love it and they want to separate themselves. And, um, in, in my experience, um, you know, people that come and do that, they come to me two ways. One, they either come because the class, a class that they are in mandate that they have, you know, 30 hours of volunteer work in the athletic department, or they're just in a completely different major, but have a thirst sports and they just want to be around it and the ones that typically just want to be around it or just go the extra mile are ones that we end up hiring so when when we have the ability to pay hourly workers or we have the ability um, to uh, hire graduate assistants the ones that we know and can trust and rely on which we're doing stuff as freshmen and sophomores and juniors and seniors um, are, are easy I mean each one of our 
marketing and um, ticketing intern or graduate assistants are are people that we knew um, that that worked for us for three or four years, um, volunteered, and we just said, "Hey, this position's opening up as a graduate assistant. We'll pay for your school. We'll give you a stipend. You know, do you want it? You don't." It, we end up working with them for, you know, five or six years and that's incredibly valuable. Um, it's definitely, um, that's, that's how we kind of, you, you get to know a sense of the person. They're basically, you're training them on the job and, um, you're finding out about their personality and, you know, you separate, you separate them. And it's, yeah. it's probably one of the easiest things you can do. Um, and you just got to put yourself out there and, and find the appropriate people uh, that make those decisions and say, Hey, I, you know, uh, you know, if, if you're trying to get into, um, you know, athletics, even on the sales campus, there's enough sports around uh, enough varsity sports around where you can, a coach would love help. Right. <laughs> Especially in the D3 ranks where, uh, you know, even if it's at practice or whatever, um, mm-hmm. they're always looking for help. Um, even administratively, but the sales is positioned in a, in a place where, um, you know, you can, you can head over, um, to the cross town, you know, Moravian, or you can go to Lehigh or Lafayette. There's enough close institutions that aren't in Philadelphia, um, that you could get to rather easily with it without really, really breaking your back to get there. Um, and, uh, and then obviously working with your professors, um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Dr. Brett, uh, who I think oversees the program now, uh, you know, he and I mm-hmm. were in school at the same time. So he's just a phone call or email away, Yeah, uh, you know, but definitely put yourself out there. For sure. Thank you so much for sharing that. And any, any listener out there who is interested in, in sports management, I hope, I hope they are um, seeking similar uh, opportunities as well. So, my last question then, Brian, is what, what would you tell yourself um, if you were back in college about to start your journey and without knowing where you would end up at? What is one thing you would tell yourself as a piece of advice or as um, uh, words of encouragement? Anything? Um, I would, oof, that's a great question. Um, yeah. I would definitely say um, the most important thing I could tell. Uh, if I could tell my 21 or 22 year old self that's, you know, in college or getting ready to, to leave college uh, or even a freshman or sophomore uh, is to get involved, um, you know, get involved. Uh, and when I say involved, it's anything in any part of campus, uh, not, not necessarily for your major. Cause I don't think I took, um, I definitely didn't take advantages of all the opportunities in the student programming that the sales has. And when you look back uh, on it, like I'm sitting on, I've been on college campuses for over 20 years now, the, the amount of stuff that kids have access to um, right. that either I was completely, you know, living in my own world or, you know, maybe I just thought it was, to, I'm not gonna do that. I, I, I would I would say to get involved more on, all across campus. Uh, one, you'll meet a tremendous amount of people, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, it, you'll just ex- enhance your experience. The more proactive you are, right. uh, the better off you're going to be. And um, mo- you'll, you'll come to find out uh, most people will will give you ten minutes um, 
for a phone conversation or something, and you might be able to take something from it, or maybe it'll be a complete waste of time, but you got to put yourself out there. Of course. So, so with that said, then, um, thank you so much. And I was just gonna, I was about to ask you if anybody, any of our students want to reach um, at you and get to know you a little bit better or have any questions, what is the best place to reach you at? Um, how can we contact you? Um, the easiest way is through email. Um, okay. my, my email is B Kelly, B K E L L Y at gsu.edu. Um, and absolutely. Uh, I, I, I'll help out, uh, in any way I can. Sometimes it's, um, knowing somebody somewhere else. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times when, when I, I get those inquiries, you know, I just tell people to keep me, uh, posted on what you're applying for. And I might know somebody, uh, where you're, where you're trying to apply and I can at least get your resume in the callback pile. I might not be able to get to the interview or, uh, you know, might not be able to get you the job, but, You'd be surprised uh, how connected, um, uh, as at least college athletics is, and spending some time in, in the Division three ranks and then to the Division one. Um, like I said, I still have great relationships with with the folks on campus at the Sales and Ms. Cordy as well. Yes. Well. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to share your story and all your wonderful experiences and growth um, and all of these uh, leadership um, tips that you shared with us. Um, we couldn't thank you more. I am sure that this uh, episode will reach people in many ways who are looking into athletics and, and uh, sports management. So thank you, Brian. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yes, yeah, my pleasure. Enjoy it. Go Bulldogs. <laughs>